0: families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit UASCC.org or call 716 483 One five six one.
1: Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist reflects on twenty twenty two with us, including the topics of spending American rescue plan monies, gun violence, and homelessness. We welcome Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist to the WRFA studios today. Hello and Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, Julia. Thanks for having me.
1: It is it is the beginning of the new year, but we're going to start first with a look back at 2022. So there were three things that required a lot of time and attention in the last year, those being the distribution of American Rescue Plan funds, an uptick, uptick in gun violence in the city, and an increase in homelessness in the area following the end of the eviction moratorium that had been present during the pandemic. So the, the discussion of on the ARPA funds actually started in mid-2021 when the city first learned it was going to be receiving over $20 million. Your administration then held several public input meetings and presented a plan on how that money could be spent to city council in late fall of 2021. And then we started seeing the money being allocated out. So right now, I think there's about $4 million left, of that original $28 million?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought with the new year, we'd stop talking about 2022 and, and, and move on because it's been one heck of a year, but absolutely. So we've got about $4 million that is still unallocated. Uh, and our team has been working diligently to get that money spent and out the door. Uh, we've had a tremendous amount of senior citizen home improvements, roof repairs, programs direct to small businesses, uh, and a bunch of others, and to be able to allocate and start to get out the door uh, twenty over $20 million uh, is a really incredible thing, and I'm very proud of our team for doing so.
1: Mm-hmm. Overall, how do you feel that the process, how has the process gone?
0: Well, you know, we started off, as you mentioned, with a lot of public hearings, and we created a master plan for that funding. Uh, But as time went on, uh, things evolved, right? Our needs also changed. Uh, In addition, there was uh, different feedback from city council and how the money was allocated and spent. Uh, But I'm, I'm just excited that we're finally at a point where we only have, and I know this sounds bad, but we only have $4 million left. Uh, but the law says we need to allocate it by 2024 and we need to spend it by 2026. So there is a there's a sense of urgency that has to that has to come with this process.
1: Right. And I'm thinking, yeah, four million doesn't sound like it's that much, but it is a substantial amount of funds. And do you have any um, priorities were where you see those remaining funds going?
0: Right now, we're just kind of holding it uh, to their... It's considered lost revenue, so the city could use it and apply it really to any different type of category. But we also don't know what's coming up, right? And we do have a little bit of time till 2024 for allocation. Uh, so we're kind of holding it. We're waiting to see, and uh, we'll kind of uh, go forward from there. There are some things that are still outstanding that we have to... Uh, finish up as we go into 2023 different parks renovations we talked about splash pads dog parks and other things that were part of the master plan and a few other programs Uh, but the majority of it is just kind of being held until we figure out what's left right before the deadline
1: right and when you know talking about that 2024 deadline i think is it september that's the actual like when it comes to the month that you have to have everything said this is how we're spending it
0: No, it's by the end of the year. Uh, End of the year of 2024, you need to allocate funds. And by the end of the year for 2026, you'll need to actually have expended those funds before they're returned to the U.S. Treasury Department.
1: So, yeah, in a sense, there's two years really left to really kind of just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. But that that you have, I think the idea was that everything would be kind of in place because... As I think has been mentioned, it takes time for programs to get up and going sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Even programs that we allocated a while back, our team is limited, right? We didn't add a lot of additional staff uh, to to deal with this funding, Uh, but our, our team at the development office, our assessor's office, and other offices have been working diligently to create these programs. Right, Because they're federal programs, they still require um, some oversight. They require a lot of documentation and other things. And so we want to make sure that we have complied with the federal requirements, that we comply with all federal laws when we give out this money. So it does take some time to ensure that compliance piece.
1: Mm-hmm. And one are of the areas that saw an influx on money of this ARPA money is uh, was public safety with uh, between Jamestown Fire Department and especially in the Jamestown Police Department. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with some of the things we saw last year. In the why we saw an increase in gun violence, and Jamestown was not immune to that. So in terms of you know, where are things with Gun violence. And the city had gotten some gun violence unit funding from the state. Uh, where where are kind of things right now?
0: Yeah, gun violence has been a persistent issue across the state. And when I talk to various mayors, they've all said it, right? Not, not only in New York state, but talking to mayors across the country. We're all dealing with this uptick. And there has been talk that, uh, you know, there might be more funding from Albany. We haven't yet seen that. Uh, But uh, from locally, we we worked with, I worked specifically directly with our city council to allocate more funding for our police officers uh, so that we can raise the number of police officers to what we have as kind of our uh, our normal staffing level. And uh, we added new officers. Um, We're still in the process of adding more. Uh, It's been incredibly challenging uh, to find additional police officers. Uh, But we're not the only community also experiencing that. Uh, so we've we've been working to try to combat that. We've been uh, more aggressive in our gun violence and uh, drug task force. If you if you and your listeners have probably noticed, you you see some type of raid or bust uh, every other day, uh, and that's because we've been more aggressive in our tactics, and we are trying to ensure that this community is safe as it can be.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of those, I'm going to guess, at one of those officers that you're still trying to hi- hire for is that the. The nuisance officer, I think it was referred to, I think kind of a community uh, involvement person that that was supposed to help with some of these not, not not as heavy issues such as gun violence, but just general everyday concerns and quality of life concerns. And So is that one of the positions still out there?
0: It is, yes. Yeah. So just the nuts and bolts of it is officers need to be hired and then other officers are promoted into those positions. So we're trying to fill... Those additional spaces so that we can promote uh, officers that have been there for some time into those roles, the nuisance officers, gun violence task force, those types of things. Um, right now, just to give your listeners a bit of a perspective, uh, there's there's really no one on the civil service list. So police officers are civil servants and they need to be on a qualified list to be hired or transfer from another department. Uh, and there's really no one on that list. Uh, the police academy is starting, sheriff's academy is starting up, and so we're hoping that uh, there's some good recruits that can uh, be a part of it for the city of Jamestown. Uh, but that's the position we're in, which is we either try to find someone to transfer from another department, uh, which they may or may not do, as you know, switching jobs sometimes is not the easiest things. Uh, but the but we don't we don't have anyone on a qualified list, which which causes the problem.
1: Right, and I remember Sheriff Jim Quattrone speaking at the public meeting that had been held in September about how yeah, this is this is not something that's just Chautauqua County that this is you know all over New York State that there's issues, and that basically that when you're moving someone from another department, you just it's not solving the issue either way for either police department.
0: No, it creates a hole in another department, right? And in, in many cases, uh, sometimes there's not enough of an incentive to transfer from one department to another.
1: Hmm. So going on to another topic, you know as mentioned, we, following the end of the eviction moratorium in New York State, we saw the number of those who are homeless rise from around 25 to 30 people to around 75 people in Jamestown. And you had most recently been working to get some emergency shelters set up to deal with housing during cold weather. So how's that, Santa? You, I, you were working on a plan that need to be approved by U.S. Housing and Urban Development for funding. So where, what's the status of that right now?
0: yeah, as, as you'd mentioned, we saw a huge increase in the homelessness population. And I, I don't know, Julie, ever since I took office, so I think we've had one thing after the other, and we've really worked hard to try to uh, make sure that our, <clears throat> our make sure our policies and procedures are people centered, right? And to remember that these are individuals that uh, aren't able to find housing for some reason or other, maybe they're choosing not to find housing. Uh, and so how do we deal with that, right? Uh, so we worked with the community. We worked with a group of uh, resource providers, pastors, um, faith-based groups uh, across uh, Chautauqua County and across basically Jamestown. And we were able to come up with a plan to open up two additional shelters that would be available for the winter wintertime. Uh, so it's under what's called the state's Code Blue program. Whenever the weather or the temperature drops below 32 degrees, they're eligible for overnight uh, emergency sheltering. Uh, so we were able to work with two entities to open up shelters Uh, the first one was joy fellowship church uh, which was able to uh, have about eight to ten beds uh, available and the uh, mental health association uh, in conjunction with community helping hands uh, to uh, open up an additional shelter uh, that would provide uh, more more beds probably around 20. Uh, at this time joy fellowship church has been open Uh, we were still waiting approval from our federal partners uh, we had I had gone out and we had gotten about one hundred and ninety four thousand dollars to help us with startup costs for these two shelters, uh, which is wonderful. The federal government stepped in. They were able to provide us that funding, and our development office has been working directly to help open up the shelters. Uh, we did find ourselves at a position uh, one night where there was nothing open in Chautauqua County for those that were homeless. Uh, no hotels or motels were taking any individuals. There were no other spaces. Uh, so we uh, were able to talk to Joy Fellowship Church, and they opened up on a volunteer basis uh, to provide that emergency sheltering to individuals. Uh, as of right now, we've gotten all the federal funding, so that's great. Uh, we're making renovations and improvements to the shelter areas, uh, both for Joy Fellowship Church and for the, uh, the shelter for MHA. Uh, Joy Fellowship Church has been open uh, since, uh, I guess, a couple months ago, or I should say a couple weeks ago. And uh, they've been regularly taking guests uh, in, the, in the evening times uh, to uh, help with our homeless population. Uh, they are just under max capacity for their beds uh, right now uh, per night. They're probably seeing about five to six individuals uh, per night. and Their max is about eight. Uh, and so we are um, finishing up and trying to work on opening up the second shelter, which is the Mental Health Association, which will have a bit larger capacity. Mm-hmm. And I do want to just note for your listeners one important thing. Uh, if you are homeless in the city of Jamestown and you're not a single male and you're not a woman in a domestic violence situation, there's no shelter for you, which is, what, which is one of the issues that we've been having uh, where we saw different types of uh, family units. We saw uh, family members with children. We saw uh, couples. We saw individuals with animals uh, that weren't ineligible to go to a shelter, because we don't have a dedicated women's shelter in the city. We don't have a dedicated family shelter. So both Joy Fellowship Church and MHA are able to accommodate those different type of family situations. And in particular, it's also able to accommodate individuals uh, that may have um, either mental health or drug addictions and need recovery services.
1: Mm-hmm. And looking back, Amy, while well, today, while we're talking to what, you know, the weather is balmy. I mean, it's raining outside. It's in the 50, almost 50 degrees. Um, just just a week and a half ago, we were talking about, you know, it was dangerously cold weather, and this was at the exact thing that you were trying to prepare for was what we saw happen over the Christmas holiday weekend with temperatures below zero, not just below 32, but below zero with wind chills even worse. So,
0: yeah, and I and I can't I cannot thank enough uh, Joy Fellowship Church and MHA for stepping up. Uh, to really provide this service for the community. You know, we had saw that with the rising numbers of individuals, we know some would leave, they'd go south, they'd go other places, but we still have a large number of of individuals that are considered homeless. And to be able to have a shelter for them to go uh, when the weather drops below freezing is a really important thing. Uh, And we're really just we're, we're thankful to them and we're thankful to the community that has come together to provide clothing, to provide food, to provide a lot of different things for this population. And more importantly, these individuals are getting services that they need. Right. They're getting they're getting the basic needs met and an opportunity to connect with social services and hopefully get them back on their feet.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, one final note, thinking about 2022, you mentioned it was kind of like one thing after another and how it strikes me that really everything that we've talked about is something that started at the very beginning of your term with the pandemic. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about American Rescue Plan funds if not for the pandemic. And I think we've seen that some of the things probably relate to gun violence and with the homelessness, as we know for sure that those are related to things that happened during, because of the pandemic. So that really is something that's defined the last three years for you.
0: Yeah, I'm really searching for the handbook that says, how do we deal with each of these things? You know, Pandemic, homelessness, large uh, fires that have existed across the city. Uh, you know, But absolutely, I, I feel unfortunately, I think a lot of the term has been kind of crisis management, right? And it's been one crisis after the other. Uh, But I really have such an incredible team and partners in government that have come together to help us as a city uh, deal with these issues, move forward and heal. And that's really been an incredible thing. Uh, And I'm very much uh, looking forward to going into this year, uh, maybe with a little bit of a break, hopefully, (laughs) but uh, certainly continuing to do the good work that we're doing to help Every single person here in the city of Jamestown. Mm-hmm.
1: And speaking of going into this year, 2023 is is kind of a big year for you because it is the final year of your current term. So uh, I I know because I've re- I I get emails and I see mailings go out. But uh, you know, what are your plans for this year?
0: Yeah, so 2023 is an election year. Uh, the next uh, mayoral cycle will start in 2024. I cannot believe it's already been this long. Uh, that we're going into my fourth year as mayor of the city of Jamestown. Uh, It's truly been an honor and a privilege to be mayor of the city. And I'm uh, getting ready and very excited uh, for a special re-election announcement that will happen uh, probably right after you air this uh, presentation uh, this Friday. Uh, So a gathering of family, friends, and supporters uh, to talk about what the next four years of the city of Jamestown are going to look like very excited for it, and uh, really humbled to be continue to serve uh, the people of the city of Jamestown.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the other things, I mean, looking forward is, uh, you know, this is something that happened at the end of 2022, but is that the New York State Climate Action Team finalized the scoping pl- draft plan um, on how to move forward with the Climate Act. And how do you see this affecting Jamestown? I mean, obviously, we're one, I think, the very few, of not, I think the only city that has municipally owned power plant here, so obviously there is going to be an effect one way or the other. So you mentioned that you and Dave Leathers had made some comments to the climate action team.
0: Yeah, we've been we've been uh, on this for quite some time now. The uh, climate action plan and the scoping document they've been working on. Init- initially, did a draft release, had public hearings. Um, uh, I, along with uh, Dave Leathers, General Manager of the BPU, uh, went and we spoke at one of the hearings in Buffalo. And we talked about the impacts uh, as a municipal leader in, uh, in the energy sphere in New York. We talked about how uh, these requirements uh, are great. They're wonderful to talk about, you know, greening our homes to work towards electrifying homes. Uh, but when you talk about a community that has a high poverty rate, that has a low cost of living uh, and uh, when you talk about the need to make these changes where does the money come from you know how do we fund uh, putting in heat pumps do we have enough workers that know how to install heat pumps um, we certainly have a few but if you're asking us to electrify every single home uh, you know we're we're good ways there but it's going to cost money it's going to take time effort funds uh, where's that coming from, and is there a way that the state is going to assist with that process? More importantly, Jamestown sits on the border of uh, Pennsylvania, of a whole other state, right? And to uh, ask that these changes be made uh, versus uh, no changes in in Pennsylvania, you know, what's going to happen between the business, the cross-border business uh, that exists? Will businesses start to look at Pennsylvania over New York in terms of the cost? Because right? we're going to have to raise our prices in order to, to deal with these things. Uh, you know, so those are the things that we have been talking about, looking at. Uh, more importantly, we've asked that municipalities be part of the conversation. Uh, and that's one thing is that the, uh, the organization, the, the, the board that was created, yes, they've solicited comments from municipalities, but they're not talking to us about it. They're not having a conversation with us about it and i think that's important because at the end of the day as as mayors as city leaders across new york we're the ones that are going to have to hear from everyone that's complaining about having to pay for electrification or having to make whatever change or more importantly how do we get electric uh, charging vehicles to every home right those are things we got to start planning for so uh, while i agree with what the scoping document wants to do and i think it's important that we move forward I think we also need to recognize and understand the mechanisms and the the costs that it's going to take. And where is that funding coming from? Is it a federal government fund? Is it a New York state fund? Is there a way that we can work with cities to roll this process out in a more cohesive manner? That's the kind of things that we've been looking at
1: mm-hmm. in terms of anything else i uh, obviously we know that we're going here a lot when you do your uh, state of the city address probably later uh, in February, but is there anything that you know you, you're looking forward to in twenty twenty three that you're hoping that you know these are some of the highlights I hope to work on
0: I don't know sleep an option maybe. Sleep. <laughs> No, uh, you know, certainly 2023 is going to be a really an incredible year because we have uh, spent the last three years just trying to deal with things. And we're seeing 2023 as a kind of a year of healing and a year of moving forward uh, and a lot of rebuilding. You know, I'm just so enthused and so excited to see more businesses, more small businesses pop up across the city of Jamestown. I am more excited to see businesses expanding here in the city of Jamestown. Uh, you saw the announcement of Electrovaya and other companies that are going to be joining us. Uh, and really just, it's great to see this revitalization. And I think one of the things that I'm really uh, most heartened by, Julia, is I meet so many new people, right? I got a chance to knock on doors three years ago, four years ago, and I met a ton of people across the city of Jamestown. And as I knock on new doors, I'm meeting new people. There are new people coming in and moving into the city from all over the country. And it's really an incredible thing and a testament to how awesome the city of Jamestown is and why people are looking at us. So I'm excited in 2023 to meet as many new people as possible that have made Jamestown their home and uh, to just continue doing this really awesome work here in the city.
1: Mm -hmm. Anything else that you'd like to add before we close up for today?
0: I just wish uh, you and all of your listeners a happy new year, and uh, hopefully, uh, twenty twenty three is uh, is a much better year, and twenty twenty two is out the window. <laughs> so,
1: uh, Mayor Sunquist, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thanks so much.